Come on. All right. Good morning, everybody. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Dave Oyedamari on the uh, teaching team here. So it's good to be here. So you might recall last week, what was, what was the topic last week? Anybody remember? Yeah. No, no. The shirt was just basically, you have ears to hear, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so what, what this, these are AirPods, by the way, if you guys didn't know. Uh, so it was about the gang, right? It was about loving one another. And, um, and I think last week it was important because it taught us, like, we need to think really about what Christ said, which is the world will know that we are his followers by how we love one another, right? And so this week, it's like a, it's like a moichido. It's like a part two, okay? Because it's linked to this whole notion of loving one another through service, right? So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. That's why I'm wearing this shirt again. Uh, so that's, that's why we kind of repeat what we do. Um, I think I, I mentioned to you uh, a little while ago that my experience with serving was that uh, I, would, I was asked to join and be part uh, or lead, actually, the youth group out of the church in Santa Monica, California. And uh, I was very reluctant to do so because um, I really wasn't reading the Bible. I didn't really know it very well. I was a pretty relatively new Christian. Um, and quite frankly, I said, you know, all the youth group leaders are probably going to know more about the Bible than me. So what are they going to learn from me? Um, and so I don't know if that's how you feel sometimes about whether it's, you know, Mark's asking about going to uh, the, the helping out in kids program or someone asks you to do something or, or get involved in some way in the church. But um, I can relate to that. I can relate to you feeling like, nah, I don't know if that's me or whatever, right? So anyway, um, I, I, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. And I, I thought I'd, I'd share with you this morning about that. So um, we're going to get started. I'm going to fire this up. And um, the first, I, I think the first chapter, or the first verse, okay, let's see here. Okay. Sometimes it works in practice, and then it doesn't work in reality. <laughs> okay, I don't know what's going on today. All right, just flip it, Dave. Okay, so, so what it starts with, if you look in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, and this is the, the Passion Translation, it starts with authentic humility. And how we are able to love one another starts with authentic humility. And it starts with authentic humility, putting others first, and viewing others as more important than yourself. And that's kind of hard. But that is the crux of ser- being a servant. And serving others. And it's in that process that we experience more of the Holy Spirit. So it's in humility and viewing others as more important as yourself. And, you know, you could read it and you go, yeah. But if you really thought about what this is saying, what this verse is saying, you'll realize how challenging this really is. To think of someone more important than yourself. Okay. Now, this is, this is sort of the, like, a, another piece of the crux of it, is that in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 to 28, 
This is, you know, Jesus, Jesus is saying this. And he's saying the greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. And that's the crux of this chapter this week. And he says, and this is the part that should really kind of get you, is, is because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. How do you receive the greatest honor and authority? How do you experience the Holy Spirit? And Jesus says, it's when you have the heart of a servant. And there is no greater example than Jesus himself, who could have came here to earth and kind of lorded over everybody and kind of bossed them around, tell them whatever to do, serve him, but instead he came to serve those who were here. And that, was the, that should be the model for us, is to have the heart of a servant. And it's in that process that we start to experience more of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if I would have asked you today, you know, there's probably some reason why you came today. Some of you may have come because a spouse or someone told you, come to church today. Okay, but there are those of you who are here because you were hoping to experience something. And if you're there this morning and you're wondering, how come I'm not experiencing more of the Holy Spirit? How come I'm not growing as rapidly as I would like, perhaps? learning more about what it means to be a Christ follower. I think I'm going to submit to you today that it starts with this, with having a heart of a servant. Start first with a heart of a servant. See, I think the thing that holds us back more than anything else is that we start with being a consumer. And I think Francis Chan talks about it in his book. And... It's when we start to think of church as the church of someone. This is the next one. Someone sets up the chairs. Someone does the worship music. I might not even know the names of the people, but they're doing a good job. Someone delivers a sermon, the goofy guy with the AirPod shirt, right? Someone provides refreshments out there. Someone does the children's program. That's the church of someone, and I will tell you, the church of someone does not fully experience the Holy Spirit. The church that we want to be is the church of we. We are setting up the chairs. We are worshiping together. We are interacting with the sermon, not just sitting there going, oh, this is a good one, not a good one. I don't know what we're going to eat for lunch today. We provide refreshments. We engage with the children's program. Even if you feel like, ah, I don't know. And there's a temptation when you say, okay, Dave, I remember how this works. Because on the elementary school playground, what would happen is, quite frankly, we would say, "Um, okay, I got to form a team. I got to recruit the most athletic kids on the playground for my football team. And what would happen is you would, the two captains would jump in a pole and you'd be like, okay, you choose, you know, if you win, you get to choose, you pick first, right? And you start recruiting the superstars. So this is not the church of we as in let's recruit the superstars. Just go back one, Dave. This is not like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> Janet Jackson, or even Josh's favorite guy, Elon Musk, right? 
That's not, that's not what this is about. It's not about, okay, we got to go and recruit the best people and the best team. It's just who we are, who God's made us to be. God's called you here to KCF. There's a reason. So this, recruiting the superstars, is not God's way. What is God's way? So if you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, again, in the Passion Translation, this is kind of, kind of one of these things like, you know, when you read it, you're like, what? But then it's very consistent in all the accounts in the Bible. And basically it says this, God chose those whom the world considers foolish. And I wouldn't consider Jeff Bezos a foolish guy. To shame those who think they are wise. God chose the puny and the powerless to shame the high and the mighty. See, you might be somebody who's like an everyday person, and you might be sitting there going, nah, I, I, I cannot lead the youth group, or I cannot join the kids program, or I cannot help in some way. I'm just, I don't know, I don't really know the Bible that well. Um, I'm kind of like, you know, not sure. And I will tell you, that's exactly who God uses, time and time again. In fact, there's this, in my mind, I, I have one of the heroes for me as a reminder of this principle, and you can even call it maybe in some ways, this is Dave's term, so I don't, don't coin this as in like something that it's around the world, but just like the Gideon principle. And remember Gideon was a guy who was literally threshing wheat, and God, the angel of the Lord goes to him and says, Gideon, you're going to go and take over that land over there. And then on top of that, not only are you going to go, and is Gideon, right? And if you look in the book of Judges, kind of unassuming guy. But God takes him from like 10,000 soldiers down to like 300. And he does that because he wants to make sure that when Gideon wins the battle, that they don't think it's because of the great army and it was Gideon, but that it was all God. So if you turn to the next one, this is the Gideon principle, really is wherever you are this morning, wherever you are in your walk in Christ, you might be feeling, ah, I don't know about myself. I don't know how I plug in. I don't know my role. I don't know how I'm supposed to serve. It's super clear what God says. Just go in the strength you have. That's it. Go in the strength you have because God says, am I not sending you? This is what he told Gideon. I think there's a lot of moments in our lives where we are unsure about whether we're supposed to go do something. Can we do this? Can we accomplish this? Especially if the task is pretty big, pretty serious. And I remember, and I go back to Judges 6.14, and I remember what God told Gideon, and it's just go in the strength you have. It's that simple, so to speak. With whatever you got, go. And God, in his infinite wisdom and his plan, he calls the body of Christ this. So we turn to the next one. In 1 Corinthians 12, 17 to 18, it says, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Meaning, ears have a purpose, right? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? 
Noses have a purpose. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Meaning, God has a plan for you. The body of Christ is made up of different parts, and each of you have a purpose in the body. Next slide. Ephesians 4.16, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So if you're someone there who is not engaged as fully, perhaps, or serving, perhaps, not growing, perhaps, not only are you maybe stunting your growth, I think, but maybe you're stunting the growth of others in the church as well. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's, that's where we're headed, is where the whole church is doing its part. Every single one of you this morning has a role. It's not just my spouse is going to do this and I'm not, or it's not my friend or my, you know, this person or that person. I've got other things to do. But you, I believe, are here because you have a role. And when you find and hear that call of what that role is, that's where God will work through you. And you're going to experience the Holy Spirit. This, this quote I love from page 92, I think, um, Francis Chan's the book, Letters to the Church. And I thought it was worth repeating here this morning because it says this. If we give up on the goal of having all members exercise their spiritual gifts, meaning that we just say, you know what, if there's only 20% of us that are going to actually do anything, that's okay. That's just the way things are. This is what happens. We are destined for perpetual immaturity. That's pretty challenging stuff. I don't want to be a church of people who just consume hour and a half once a week, and that's it. And the world is no different, and the people are no different. But they just kind of enjoy coming someplace on a Sunday, getting refreshments, hanging out, feeling pretty good, and then doing it week after week. I want to be a church of mature followers of Christ. I want to be a church where people come here and their lives are tra transformed. Not even just changed, but transformed. I pray for all of that for you. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, As each has received a gift, employ it for one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Next slide. So here are the different roles of the body of Christ, the spiritual gifts that are manifested here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. They're the apostles. They're the prophets, the teachers. I love to see miracle workers. The healers. I love to see healers. Everyone needs some sort of healing in their life. Guidance, people who give guidance. Tongues. Speak in tongues. And then Paul also talks about the spiritual gifts as well. Gifts of wisdom and knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of good and evil spirits, tongues, and interpretation of those tongues. These are all the things that we should be experiencing. Go back, Dave. Yeah. These are the things we should be experiencing. 
that when people are serving and are actively engaged in the church, these are the things that we see. These are the gifts that manifest themselves in the church. And so just as a rough estimate, we were looking at, or I was looking at, how many of you are serving at KCF? Of those who seem to call KCF their home, how many of us? So we had a list that uh, Mike Sasaki put together of people who are serving in some kind of ministry. And there are about 80% of you that are actually serving in a ministry today, which is a pretty significant number. So I had asked Neil Murakami, who's been uh, at many churches before, and I asked Neil, I said, what is the range, the typical range of what you see, the percentage of people serving in church? And Neil was telling me that it, it's sometimes a, a function of size, where some, usually the larger the, the church, the lower the percentage of people serving. And so it's not uncommon to see large churches, I, I interpret that, to be somewhere in the 20% range. But smaller churches like KCF, there's a larger percentage of people who are serving. It's 80%, you know, roughly. And I think the, the number that I looked at in Mike's list was something like 91 or some odd people are actively serving in church in some ministry, in some capacity. So then the question I think we ask ourselves then is, are every one of those folks experiencing the Holy Spirit? Because I think if you're in the 20% that maybe are not engaged yet in, a, in serving in a ministry, I think, okay, maybe that's a good first step, is just serve somewhere so that you can experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And for those of you that are serving and are feeling like, well, I'm not sure if I'm really growing or I'm really experiencing all the things that you're showing up there, Dave, all the different spiritual gifts. This is where the challenge part comes from, comes in. The challenge then becomes, how do you go and step out of your comfort zone? To go into areas where maybe it's, you have some doubt, you have some fears, Maybe you're just like, I don't know if I really want to do that. But that's where I think God will meet you. And that's where you're going to experience the Holy Spirit in a profound way. And so to give us an illustration of this, I asked uh, for Nathan Momerhar to come up and uh, share with us a little bit of his own personal journey and experience of this. So Nate, if you want to come up, please. Hey, Nathan. Yeah. He's nervous. See? He's nervous. He's like, oh. Yeah. Let me try. It's green, huh? It is on. Is it on? It's not on. Uh oh. Hang on a second. Out of my comfort zone. <laughs> So um, I'll, I'll give a background of Nathan as we wait for the, the sound here. Um, Nathan was the one who uh, felt called, and I'll let him tell his story, but who um, led a group to Ishinomaki in Japan. And uh, so, and he continued to do that faithfully, right? And then after Ishinomaki, uh, what you'll see is, Nathan, you'll, you'll recall, is also up here as one of the worship leaders as well, right? And, um, and so I was going to ask Nathan a little bit of his journey. So first, 
Nathan, like, tell us a little bit. It should be on now. Check, check. No, not yet. Okay. Here's the guy. Check one. Check two. There we okay. go. All right. So, um, tell us a little bit, Nathan, about um, how or what 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 got you involved, or what what made you feel like okay, I need to do something about Ishinomaki. Let's start there. Um, <laughs> at the time, we were doing the series, uh, "What on Earth Am I Here For?" Right, mm. and so it talked about that self-explanatory title, and. That year, just prior, myself and many of whom you know, Josh Miyamoto, who's living on Kauai now, but he and I had gotten together. Just that previous year, he had gone on a mission trip for the first time. I had gone on my own mission trip for the first time. And in the midst of that series, so he had been to Ishinomaki, mm. separate from me. And you know, I told him, this is the stories he had told me. And I told him, wow. like. Like, you know, we have, like, no credentials. <laughs> like, we have no leadership experience at all. Huh. But we've been on the mission field once. I think we need to go there wow. kind of a thing, right? And this is the idea that, you know, God kind of just stirred us to, to do something. And, and, and amazing as it was, people from this church actually signed on to our team. Like, <laughs> like zero, you know, zero credibility. Yeah. Um, and that's where um, I think I want to challenge if people are... Like, all these scriptures that Dave had up here is, like, resonated with me so much as I've taken steps of faith, right? Just, just people say, right, God is concerned with your availability more so than your ability or your mm. capability or what you can do, right? Mm. And if you make space and you give him space to work in your life, then he will meet you there and he will do, you know, stuff in, in, the, in the midst of that. So Nice. So what kind, of, what kind of doubts did you have? So when this first thought came into your mind, right? What's going through your mind? Uh, like you don't just be like, let's yeah, go, let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah not qualified. Mm. Probably, probably the most, basically everything I do in the church I feel not qualified for, really. Mm. But um, not qualified, you know, you know, we're going to Japan. I don't speak the language. Mm. You know, I don't communicate that well mm. in English, right? Much less another <laughs> language, right? And just... Who will, who, who will follow mm. a couple of young guys, right? Mm. And, and that's where I feel like this church was so supportive mm. because it wasn't necessarily that they, look, they were looking at our lack of um, credentials, mm. but they were kind of honoring our heart and where we're coming from. Awesome. So, yeah. I think that's an excellent point. Like, there's so many people here today that maybe what's holding you back uh, from serving or even getting into an area outside of where you're serving today into stretching your, is, is this feeling of, I need credentials, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I got to be like, like if there's sound ministry back there or there's like the media shout people or worship, you might like, oh, I don't have credentials to do that, right? right. Or if you don't, you don't want to be in the teaching side, you say like, well, I'm not a teacher. I don't have credentials to be a teacher, right? And that... I get it. I mean, it's logical, right? I mean, that's how we normally think about this stuff. Uh, but in God's sort of economy, it's really not about the credentials because the weaker we are, the stronger God is, right? So I think that's, uh, that's awesome. Now, so Ishinomaki has been you know, quite a blessing, I think, for this church, uh, as well as all the people who went there and all the blessings for the people there. 
Now, when you came back, then um, you stepped into another role uh, in, on the worship team here. Sure. So, like, what went on there? Oh, so, you know, it's been so long since I've actually played this instrument. <laughs> Many of you probably don't know that bass guitar is actually my primary instrument. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's where I got my start in um, on Kauai in Kaleo Missionary Church. I was not, I was told basically by my mother, <laughs> you, should, <laughs> you should go, you should go, you know, play in the worship team there. Wow. And, and reluctance and uh, what I wanted to do was not really that. Um, but that's just an example of where God will kind of, you know, because for years, like, like I never played sports and everything like that. All I did as a kid was music, right? And unlike my brother who like teaches music for his career, like his life sort of makes sense in that way, right? Because mm-hmm. I did music for like whatever, how many years, right? And just, I became an engineer and I just, I just, oh, it's just a hobby, right? And it didn't really make, like my life didn't connect that way and it didn't make sense until I started mm. uh, playing music in the church. Mm. And then little by little, kind of God met me there, kind of grew, you know, like when I'm here singing, that's absolutely ridiculous because I've only played instruments all my life, right? I've never had any vocal training. Yeah. Like when I'm here playing ukulele, that's the silliest thing because oh. I only picked that instrument up like three years ago or wow. four years ago in Japan out of wow. necessity. Right? I kind of picked this thing up. Wow. And much less leading, right? That's just, I was always, when I started worship, I was like kind of in the back, just follow what's going on, yeah. play my bass, just, you know, jam out or whatever back there. <laughs> um, and, and so it's very strange how... Mm. And that's usually how God works, I think, right? When you just, if you continue to make yourself available and give him that space, he won't let you rest on your laurels, so to speak. He'll, he'll kind of stretch you and he'll keep, you know, presenting more things. And then you keep saying, oh, I'm not qualified to do those things. But you step anyway and, and he'll kind of honor that. And it's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, so, you know, when I think about what you're talking about, and I had pictures up there of three people who we think of like these rock stars or superstars, right? So there's Jeff Bezos, right? He went to Harvard Business School and he became a, a CEO and businessman. Janet Jackson was from a music, musically inclined family. And Elon Musk, I don't know where the dude came from, <laughs> but he's like this eccentric billionaire guy who's responsible for Tesla and SpaceX. Well, you could almost look at that and go like, yeah, kind of makes sense, you know? They had their own credentials, so to speak. But in God's economy, what you represent, Nathan, is where you're like, no, I'm going to just step out and God take over, which I love. I love that. So now that's a little bit about your journey. Tell us a little bit about now as you go through this journey, right, um, how has it impacted you? Like, you know, we, I was talking about before you came up, like, uh, you know, when you serve and you just God calls you and you go with the strength that you have, the sort of Gideon principle, right? Tell us a little bit about, like, how have you experienced the Holy Spirit as a result of just stepping out into these uncomfortable zones? Yeah, I think, I mean, the most, probably the most I've ever experienced the Holy Spirit is in those moments where I'm the most uncomfortable. Mm. Because, you know, where hmm. it's, you're moving in a state of, more reliance on God to do something because mm-hmm. you don't know what, you know. When you, when, and, and that's where he kind of is cool about it, right? If you're mm-hmm. honest with him about not feeling so good about doing it or not knowing what, what's going to come of it, and, and if, but you go anyway in spite mm-hmm. of that. 
yeah. then he'll, he'll honor that and he'll, he'll move. And, and then you can say, wow, you know, thank you for showing up because I didn't, I didn't know what was supposed to happen. Or right. I didn't know what was supposed to be done. I don't, even right now, I don't know what I'm supposed to say, God, but it's right. whatever. It is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. Dave, yeah, let's go talk about this. Yeah, so like, sure. like I was telling Dave um, the other day, just like I almost get stagnated when I'm not serving. Hmm. Right? Like when I'm serving is, is as I'm doing that, like I feel closer to God mm-hmm. it, it, when I'm doing something mm-hmm. as opposed to not doing. Awesome. You know? I think that's right. I think that's how it's supposed to be. So. Sometimes we don't feel like serving, you know? Sometimes we're like, ah, oh, you know. He asks us to show up anyway. Yeah, right? but we and show just... up anyway. <laughs> and it's amazing, right? Yeah. There's so many stories uh, of people I hear like, they think like, oh, I cannot lead this life group or I cannot lead that group or even the people that started Alpha and I think of like Kareen and Sue too, you know, and, and they step out in faith, you know, yeah. and then God just goes boom and then they're on fire, right? I mean, that's how God works, you guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if there's one piece of advice you want to leave people with about your journey about serving, right, what would it be? What would you want to encourage people? <laughs> We didn't, we didn't rehearse this. Hard so questions, he's, man. He's, he's thinking about this on the fly, you know? <laughs> one piece of advice? Yeah. What, what's the one thing you'd like to share for, oh with goodness. people based on your experience here? Uh, doesn't have to be super deep and profound, okay? Just oh, like, man. what comes to mind? I guess, so be encouraged by like the, the scriptures mm. that are pulled out of this chapter in the book. Yeah. Because that's really, you know, especially those ones that talk about you know, in our weakness, he's made strong, right? Yeah. And he'll, yeah. he'll use the weak to shame the strong and yeah. those kinds of things. It's, because, yeah, I think, I think anyone's just natural human nature is just feeling like you're not worth, worthy of doing something. Right. And you feel like you don't have the skills to do something. But everyone, you know, can. And, and sometimes he'll meet you where you're at with something that's easy to do and kind of grow that. And sometimes it will be like, I totally don't know what that is, but you... But he'll meet you there and kind of give you eyes to see what needs to be done, words to speak, and those kinds of things. So just, awesome. just be encouraged that everyone that's probably serving has been there. Yeah. And it's like every time I, I, I step on this stage to lead worship, I, I always have that healthy, like, spiritual, uh, whatever. I'm, I have the nerves all the time. Yeah. And I think that's, that's his reminder to me that, you know, like every time I say, every time I uh, make a mistake on the words or the chords or something, right? It's just like, oh, thank, thank you, God, for reminding me that that it's not my ability, yeah, but your 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 grace, you know, that allows me to do awesome, man. right? And just yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Nathan. I really appreciate it. Love it, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. What I really love about Nathan's testimony is that and you can see it in this guy is he just loves the Lord and he's just faithfully following the Lord right and you could say like you know like I gave you those examples of those three superstars up there if Nathan was up there and he was this like I've did 10 mission trips you know I speak fluent Japanese you know and I'm gonna go to Ishinomaki we would be like yeah all right but where's God? Where's God? If, if Nathan come up here and he's rocking worship, he's like, oh, yes, because you know what? I, I, that's what I do. I come from this family, and all we do is we, 
We jam all the time. And I have 20 records, the Hokuhano Hano Awards. Of course, I'm going to leave worship. We'd be like, yeah, okay. But where's God? That's what I want you guys to catch this morning. Is that what God looks at is the heart of a servant. That's what Nathan Momaha represents. When I see that guy worshiping here in the morning, and he's just like, you know what? We're going to pray this, and we're going to worship this. I see God working through him. I see the Holy Spirit working through Nathan personally and then using him for all of us. So if, you, if you're there this morning, and maybe you're, I would just say this, you might be in a ministry serving at KCF. You might be one of the 91 people, and you might have been doing it for a while. That's great, okay? And you might be saying, because the church needs my help. But if you're not growing, and you're not experiencing the Holy Spirit, maybe it's time to switch and try a different ministry. That maybe it's something you're not too comfortable doing. You're not certified to do. You don't have the credential. Because when that happens, then God has to show up. Right? In, in summary, for, the, for the, the heart of the servant, there are three things I think I learned from when we were talking with Nathan and I, I was thinking about what he was saying. And I really think this is so, it, it resonates and aligns so well biblically with what the Bible is showing us. The first thing is, we think outside of ourselves. We've got to think beyond ourselves. That's, in some ways we say, get out of your comfort zone, but it's just like, get out of what you're like, oh yeah, I'm a, whatever. I'm the greatest chef in the world, so I will do the refreshments for the church. Get outside of that. Maybe you should go and do the kids' ministry or something. I don't know. Maybe you're a teacher and you're like, well, therefore, I should be a teacher over there. Maybe. But maybe it's teaching you to get outside of yourself so that God can work his power through you. And when they see you thriving and growing, they go, it's got to be God because I don't know how they fit in that role. It's, it's not super aligned. It's God's economy. Then your walk as, as a Christ follower will not be incomplete. And one of the things that Nathan and I had talked about, it, it comes clearly through here, is if you're not serving, guess what? I think there's going to be a little bit of incompleteness in your walk with Christ. There will. There will be, as Francis Chan was talking about on page 92, this perpetual immaturity if you're not walking out in service. I do truly believe that. And there's an aspect here which runs completely through all of it is it's activation of your faith. It's activating what's there in you and say, I'm going to follow Christ. He says to go out and I'm going to do it. Okay? In, in our society, I might be Western society. I haven't lived anywhere else. So, but I think we think too much. I think I think too much. I think I, I, I just ponder things to no end. And as I was in my devotionals <clears throat> this week, <clears throat> something, like I was, I was finishing the book of Luke, that's where I'm at, and something just like hit me, and I ne- it never hit me so hard as it did this week. And it's something that I'm going to just call today the Peter Principle. 
And in, in the secular world, there is a whole different term for the Peter principle, and this has nothing to do with that, okay? But it was just a way for me to remember this, and it's called the Peter principle. And the way I define the Peter principle is really this. When it comes to the Lord, act first, think second. Act first, think second. We often think first, act second. That's how we're trained. I work at a bank. We think 50 times before we act. But when it comes to the Lord, you act first. And I call it the Peter principle because there's examples that hit me time and time again as I was reading in my devotionals in, pra in practice of what Peter embodied. And I respect him even more today than I ever have because of this. We see in Matthew chapter 14, 29, Peter is the only one who actually walks in water. And what made him walk on water? He wouldn't go like, oh, you know, the physics of the water, if I just step like this. No, Jesus said one word, come. Come. And Peter is the human being who walks on water. Jesus, I get it, he walks on water. The human being, hey man, I don't know. But I love Peter so much because, you know what? The guy just acted. Jesus said, come, he goes, okay, you know. <clears throat> he acted first, he thought second. In fact, when he thought, then he started to sink, right? There's a couple of instances in Matthew 17 and in Luke 9 where Jesus is out there praying and then they look and they see two people with Jesus and they're like, I think that's Moses and Elijah. So what does Peter say? Let us build a shelter for all three of you. He acts first. He's like, these are the three, like, awesome. Forget Bezos and Jackson and Musk, right? He's like, Jesus, I'm going to build a shelter for all three of you. Then in Matthew 26, He's the first among the disciples to declare he will not deny, deny Jesus. We often teach that passage as in, Peter was the one who denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed, right? So it's kind of like that. But remember, Peter was the first one who said, Jesus, I will not disown you. He was the guy. He stepped out in faith. He acted. He spoke before he even thought. He cuts off the guy's ear in defense of Jesus in John 18.10. Everybody else, commotion going on. Peter takes out the sword, whoop, cuts the guy's ear off. Jesus has to heal the guy's ear, right? He acts. This is the other amazing one. This is the one that caught me this week. Luke chapter 24, verse 11 to 12. What's, what, what it's talked about here in Luke is that the women go to the tomb to see Jesus. Like, uh, this, is, this is after he was crucified. They want to go to his body to bring spices. So it was, I think it was Mary Magdalene, it was Joanna, and um, Mary, and some other women, it says. They go there, and Jesus is gone. So they go back, and they tell all the other disciples, this is the other 11, he's gone, Right? We met this angel. They told us he's, he's not there, right? And the Bible is so interesting because it says all the others didn't believe the women because they're like, this is nuts. This is nuts. But there's one guy, one of the 12, who goes, it says, he runs to the tomb to see for himself. And then he wonders. 
And I think, there he is again. There's this guy, Peter, again. He just goes like, wait, wait, what? Jesus' body's not there? He's gone? And instead of going, nah, let me think about that. That cannot be. Peter, he leaves, and he's, he's out the door. He's running. I just imagine him full sprinting to the tomb. He's, the body's not here. He acted before he thought. When, when there's only 11 of them left, who's the one who speaks out and says, hey, you know what? We need to elect the 12th, the 12th person to replace the, the guy, Judas. Peter. And then at the day of the Pentecost, <clears throat> people are all speaking in tongues, and it says in the Bible that people weren't sure what was going on, and they're going, Maybe they're kind of drunk with wine. Maybe these guys had a little bit too much to drink. So that's what we're hearing all this babble. Who's the one who stands up and is like, it ain't wine. They're not drunk. Let me tell you what's going down right now. Peter. And so to me, you guys, as we, as we go through this, this portion of what the Lord is saying to us, is step out and serve. Let's remember Peter. And follow what I'm just calling right now the Peter principle, which is in the Lord, when it comes to God, act first. Don't think too much. Don't think too much. Okay? I'll close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. We know that everyone who is a Christ follower is given a spiritual gift. That spiritual gift is given to you so you can help each other. And we go back to last week about loving one another so that people will know that we are Christ followers. That's what we got to remember. You're, you're sitting there, you might be thinking, I don't know what I got. And the Bible's telling you that once you're a Christ follower, a spiritual gift has been given to you. Activate that gift. Just Follow like Peter, act, and go do, rather than think too much about it. Okay? So you stand with me. We're going, we're going to pray and close the service. Thank you, Nathan, for uh, your testimony this morning. It's awesome. All right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Step out of the light into the front. <laughs> okay. Okay, Heavenly Father... You know what, I, I just want to repent for myself and for others here who, Lord, have been more consumers uh, of church than servers. And for each of us here, Lord, who are really yearning for to experience the Holy Spirit more, my prayer, Lord, is that you would just infuse us with, like, the, the attitude and that... Uh, Spirit of Peter. What we love about Peter, Lord, is just how much he loved you. And he just said, you know what? Shoots are going. Sometimes he wasn't perfect. He wasn't, he didn't all have it all figured out. But the thing about Peter that we see in the scriptures, Lord, is he just went, he wouldn't go for it. I think in Hawaii, we know the term, go for broke. That's the Peter principle to us, Lord. 
So for everyone here this morning, wherever you are this morning, you might be sitting there, standing there going, okay, maybe I'm supposed to go dive in, do something. Think outside yourself. Not just to help the church to, to hold Sunday service, but because in that process, you're going to experience the Holy Spirit more. You're going to grow. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will meet us whenever we raise our hand and we say, use me. Use me, God. However you want to use me. The Holy Spirit, you would just meet us there. And we would all walk humbly in service of you. In Jesus' name, amen.